Tonight on the Big Footy Cats podcast, on a star-studded panel, I'm joined by podcast Vera and Pure Ownage, while Fresh Faces Partridge and Willow will make the debut. We'll be recapping the national draft, going over the state of the list, and discussing the recent off-field personnel changes. Don't go anywhere, because all that and more is coming right up. My name is Guys, and hello and welcome to another edition of the Big Footy Cats podcast. Joining me tonight is Big Footy Cats podcast veteran, Pure Ownage. How are you going? Not too bad. Being recycled for another post-draft year. It's been a, been a few weeks. It's good to get back into it. And also joining me tonight, a debutante on the Big Footy Cats podcast, is Willow. Welcome to the show. Thanks, mate. Uh, very happy to be here. And joining me for the first time as well is Partridge. How are you going? Very well, thanks. I hope everyone's good. Now, it wouldn't be a Big Footy Cats podcast without some technical issues. We've had our fair share of them tonight, but um, I think we've got it all sorted and we're good to get into it today. Um, good, to, good to get into it now and to get some good discussion. Um, first of all, we're going to discuss the national draft and we'll kick it off with pick 10, which was Nakai Cockatoo, um, a midfielder, an exciting midfielder by the sounds of things. Um, there's a lot of debate should it be a key defender? Should it be a midfielder, or possibly should it be a key forward even was thrown up at some at one stage. Um, in the end, it was a midfielder. And I'll go to Partridge first of all. What were your thoughts on Cockatoo at pick 10? Yeah, um, in terms of the position, I would have thought a key defender or a young ruckman would be just as important for us for the next you know, five or ten years. Um, given that we've got some good young midfielders already in the same team, Kevin Guthrie and maybe Hall and Smith as well, Lang and um, Jansen are going to play some footy at some point next year. Yeah, that's why I would have thought maybe a key defender. But then again, if he's good enough to play some senior footy next year, we haven't had that for a while, that might upset it. So, yeah, I'm still, still a little bit surprised. So. Willow, what were your thoughts on the midfielder as our first draft pick? Uh, I, I was excited by, obviously, hearing about his potential and and, and seeing the, the very limited highlights package that was available of him, um, I probably, a bit like Partridge, I probably would have, was half expecting a, a defender. Um, you know, we went so hard for Frawley and then didn't get him and then didn't add any tall defenders during the trade period. Um, and with there apparently being some good tall stock in the, you know, in the available in the first round of the draft, uh, it would have seemed that that would have been the way we went. But... Uh, Obviously, they've gone with the best available player, or the player that they thought best available at the time. Pure Onich, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I tend to agree um, with Willow and Partridge. I think like it was, you know, it, it was interesting that we had a high pick, which we haven't had in several years. Um, you know, and that tends to be your kind of good opportunity to get good tools early in the draft. Um, I thought it was quite interesting that there were some key defenders there that we didn't take. Um, I thought that was a little bit odd myself. Um, but having said that, I do like everything I've heard about Cockatoo since the draft. I think he will be a good player. So I'm not disappointed, but I do think it was a bit odd. 
I sort of get the feeling um, with the shock exit of Alan Christensen that Cockatoo could possibly be um, a similar player to him. Um, and with with the articles that have been popping up recently, you know, he's a ready-made player. Oh, sure, it's just pumping him up, but he's a ready-made player. He's in line for a round one debut. It's sort of... I don't know, it sort of makes me think that maybe it was a sensible decision because if, if he's sort of above the players we've already got, if he's ready to go right now, as they say he is, um, and he's a similar player to Alan Christensen in that he can play inside, outside, he's got speed, um, he's got a bit of spark that we need to the side, um, I think that could have been a really sensible decision if that's the case, but I guess we'll wait and see there. Um, the other three picks we had in the national draft, we've taken a small forward, an inside midfielder, and a midfielder slash half forward in Corey Gregson, Dean Gore, and Jordan Cunico. Um, now, still no key defender there in those three ladder picks. Um, I guess the the experts' opinion of the draft was that there weren't any really quality key defenders later in the draft, but to still see us not take one was very interesting. Um, what were your thoughts on the types of players we selected with our later picks, Partridge? Yeah, pretty much to echo um, general consensus all around. I would... Just overall, I mean, I, I get that you need, you know, probably if you look at a footy team now, three quarters of it are midfielders or almost midfielders, you know, the amount of running that's done. I, w- I would have thought out of the first, you know, those four picks, I would have thought there would have been a ruckman because we so much desperately need a ruckman and not so much a ruckman slash forward, which we now have quite a lot of, but an actual pure young ruckman. So, yeah, that... That did intrigue me a little bit why we didn't get that. I'm not saying we don't need a good small forward, we do. I mean, you always need midfielders. Um, but on top of a key defender of Ruckman, it just you know, puzzled me. But anyway. Willow, what were your thoughts? I Look, actually, I didn't mind it looking at the type of players that we picked up when I um, you know, did a bit of a read-up or just a very brief what I had read-up of them. Um, I made a post somewhere... Um, saying how we a few of the deficiencies we had this year was a bit of support in the midfield and um, tall players forward in the free agency in the the trade we seemed to we stocked up a couple of talls um, we seem to have added a bit more depth now long term for the midfield and I I liked to read basically that from what we could read about it all four players we picked up seem to have good kicking skills and good speed. So I think obviously that's no fluke. I, I like the fact that we picked up players and the players that all seem to be able to play, get the ball inside, but use it well as well. Uh, Pure Orange? Yeah, look, I, I don't mind it. Um, on the night, I was very happy when we got Dean Gore fairly late in the draft. I haven't seen as much of young players this year as I sometimes do, but he's one player I've seen a bit of, um, mainly watching um, SANFL footy because he's, he's played a few senior games that I've I've watched on tape. Um, yeah. And he looks like a really good player. So that I was pretty happy with. Um, I, I think I was surprised by some of the, I suppose, the positions of players we took. But looking at it, you know, we could, took four players who've got good skills, like Willow said, which is some, an area I thought we lacked this year. And we've got guys who seem to have really good work ethic and good scope to go somewhere. Like they all seem to be four really, really hardworking players. Um, so I think that was, yeah, I think that's a positive. I was surprised that we didn't take any tools. Um, on the night, I was quite surprised. But 
now we kind of know that the club was already looking at Delaney at that stage, which I didn't know. So that maybe changes my view of it a bit. Um, but yeah, we, it was surprising we didn't take another tall, but I thought the guys we took were reasonably good. You mentioned Delaney there. Um, and in the rookie draft, we did actually take those two tools that we've been talking about um, that we didn't talk, take in the national draft. In Tom Reed, a uh, a ruckman who struggled with some, some medical issues um, in his early days of footballing life. And Cam Delaney, the former North Melbourne player who supposedly we've actually snatched from under North Melbourne's nose there. Um, what were our thoughts? Um, I'll go to you part, first, Partridge, in a moment. What were our thoughts on taking those two players in the rookie draft? And um, for, Well, first of all, do we think there's any chance that, um, well, Delaney, I guess the obvious one, will be playing senior footy as sort of a backup there um, in the near future? Um, and what are our thoughts going forward with those players, Partridge? Yeah, well, I guess with rookies, you don't have too, you shouldn't have too high an expectation, although we've done quite well with some rookies over the last decade. Um, you probably bracket Delaney with Cole Jashney and whether it's going to be Blitzlands or whoever else, you know, the next rung of tall defenders, if that makes sense. Who, you know, who is going to be the ones they call on if wanting it all? Rivers or Taylor get injured or need to be managed, so on. Are yep. they going to be used for that purpose? That would make sense. And that way, and also, I, I would like it if they're not expected that way. So, Delaney not expected, well, you don't have to play 10 games, but if you come in for three or four games and do your job, you've done well, and I might be more the next year. That seems to make mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. And, and Reed would be the same, I would guess, the Ruckman, although with the amount of tools we've brought in now with the trades. You have to think you shouldn't really be needing Reed next year at senior level. But I guess you never know. I guess what you've said there, um, possibly three or four games for Delaney. You know, if if there is an injury in that area, it sort of replaces that aspect that Mitch Brown brought to the side. In that, you know, in a really catastrophic injury crisis down back, we we still did have that player capable of filling a key defensive position. Um, yeah. And after, with him leaving, we we just didn't have that at all. We had College Asney, and that was absolutely it. Um, so that sort of fills that to an extent there. Um, Willow, what were your thoughts on the rookie selections? Look, I sort of I tend to I don't understand how some people seem to get really wound up and say we've picked the wrong rookies. I tend to look at rookies as a bit of a you know they're a bit of a free hit. They're yep. a, um, a a chance to take a punt to to think outside the square a bit. We've we've picked up. A young ruckman who I think I read he had a bit of a he was had an illness when he was sixteen or thereabouts. So he he's probably a bit of a late bloomer. Um, by all accounts, from what I've read, they actually think he can he's, he could hopefully be a seriously seriously play. Um, you know, you pick a ruckman as a kid, it's it, there's a bit of luck in it anyway. As most ruckmen tend to come from another club or um, you know or are from a rookie pick, so. Um, I was happy to see that. And with Delaney, you know, a key back or a tall defender that's had AFL experience, um, definitely, in my opinion, definitely better picking up something like that or someone like that than, you know, you look at at players we've delisted off our rookie list like a a Nick Burke type that lasted one year. Um, You may as well give give it to someone who, you know, injuries pending. Hopefully he can make a good... uh, a good case and, and see what we can get from him. P.O., what were your thoughts? Yeah, I tend to agree. I think probably one of the things I've been a bit critical of um, Geelong in the past, I mean, there's not too many things to be critical of with our list management, but I think in recent years we've tried too much to get kind of fill-in players through the rookie draft 
who don't have a lot of scope for improvement. Like I think about guys like Stringer and um, Sheringham. Um, and I think to me a much better approach, I think you're better off taking more risk with really kind of, you know, rookie selections that aren't worth a lot. To me, Delaney is a better bet because it's someone who has played good football at AFL level, has shown, you know, really good scope to play well, um, but has a pretty serious injury, which is, you know, why I think why his club wanted to delist him. So at least if he does get fit, there's the scope that you think, yes, he could come in and play some good footy. Whereas I think some of the other rookies we've taken, I don't really think have that scope to get there. Um, in the last couple of years. So I, I, I agree with the idea. Hopefully it works out. The way I look at these two rookie picks, um, Cam Delaney, the jury's still out for me. Um, if Collar Jasney comes along as he's expected to, I think Delaney will be well and truly surplus to requirements. Um, but he is that backup there that we discussed before. Um, but Tom Reid I especially like because a Ruckman is something... You know, Imagine if we take in a Ruckman instead of one of those uh, midfielders that we've got in the, the national draft there. Um, we'll talk about the state of the list a little bit, a little bit later. Um, but you're wasting a very valuable pick there. You know, A midfielder that, that slips to the rookie draft, there's probably a really good reason. You know, They're an average midfielder. That's the reason they've got there. But a Ruckman that's available at the rookie draft, it could be anything. You know, um, It could be his body shape's not quite right. It could be the illness that this player's got here. I really agree with what Willow said, that a rookie rookie pick is an absolute free hit. You take that risk. You have the potential to get um, you know, a Shane Mumford out of this rookie pick. And I was really happy to see a Ruckman taken there because we don't actually have that young, um, that very young developing Ruckman that could come along. Tom Reid could very well get over his injuries, get over his illness, and come along as just as good as any Ruckman that was taken um, in the national draft. So I was very happy to see that happen. Um, we'll move on to the balance of the list overall. And in the trade period especially, we saw... A, it's been heavily publicised, the amount of tools that join the list. Um, and first of all, we'll discuss where does that leave the players like McIntosh and Simpson? Because um, we now have, I, I think, five or six rucks slash forwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are the only two real genuine ruckmen on the on the main list. Um, Partridge, I'll start with you. You took the words right out of my mouth here. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. Um, it is a quandary because I've I like Simpson as a tap ruckman, especially in his brief 2013 form. You know, he looked to be developing into a good tap ruckman, a really big ruckman that he couldn't move. Um, and he was getting better, I thought, at least in 2013. McIntosh, perhaps not quite as good a tap ruckman, definitely better around the ground. He just knows where to go to get to stay involved in the game. That's a really good part of his footy. But of course, the downside is both are. Uh, extraordinarily fragile and yeah. um, <laughs> good luck getting odds on both of them lasting a full season so that's the real worry um, I, don't, I, I don't think I think after last year and now with their fitness I don't think we can have both of them in the same team I'm pretty convinced of that it's got to be one or the other and we've got to just make the call and yeah. it's got to be either Stanley or Blitzers or Barty perhaps someone like that has to be the second up and I don't think Given how big we're going to be all over the ground, I don't think we can afford to have those two um, lumbering around together. <laughs> it's almost a comical way to look at it, but if you look at the last two, I think it's the last two seasons, possibly the last three, when our ruck department has broken down right at the start of the finals, despite some promising signs earlier in the year. Like I'm looking at Simpson. 
um, showing career best form in 2013. Um, Vardy and West, I think, was working well at one stage in, in 2012, you know, going back that far. Um, and then and then this year, you get to, you know, Simpson had that long-term injury, and then McIntosh, you know, week two of the finals, he gets injured himself. We now have so many Ruckman that the probability of them all being injured at the same time is now so low that surely there will be one left come finals time. Um, yep. Yeah, but it could be low 2013. You could have a big one in West, and then they won't play it. Because, like, at the, at the very least, we now have, you know, four key forwards sitting there. We can throw Mitch Clark as the number one ruck, you know. There's just so many now that we have that option. Um, it's I, I feel silly looking at it this way, but it, it actually is the case. Um, Willow, where do you see all our, all our tools, all our ruck slash forwards fitting into the side? Uh, well, um, it's... It's going to depend. Hopefully, they pick the players that are playing the best at the time and, and actually earning their spots. That's I, I don't want to see players killing it in the VFL but not getting a look in if the senior blokes are struggling, just if the coach has favourites or anything like that. Um, I agree with Partridge. I can't see a spot for, for McIntosh and, and Simpson in the one team. Simpson... Simpson concerns me, given the fact that is it his third time he's had back surgery now? I think it's yeah. his third. Um, yeah. I think it's his third, third or fourth. Like, I mean, he's only twenty-five or twenty-six, 26 and yeah. obviously he's a big, he's a big unit. He's carrying a band, you know, he's a big frame. He's carrying around. It doesn't fill me with much confidence that he has it's the same area that keeps getting hurt consistently. Yeah. Um, I agree. He's he's a good tap ruckman. He doesn't offer a heck of a lot around the ground. He can sort of bash and crash and scrap for it after after if it hits the ground at his tap after you know when he's had a, a ruck contest. But then he doesn't do much more than that. He doesn't kick goals. He he concerns me that a bloke that big doesn't. I don't think he takes enough marks for a bloke his size. Um, you look at you know Sandilands is a monster and his frios get out of jail kick. And he just puts his arms up and, and catches it where Simpson doesn't do that yet. I, I hope that he can do that. But at this point, he worries me. But uh, And then you've got McIntosh who, if he's fit, is you know a very he can be a good footballer. But there's not a heck of a lot of confidence that he, you know, you'd, I'd worry about him straining a calf just if he had to run across the road quickly. So <laughs> it doesn't. Fill you with much hope of him of him seeing out the year. Um, again, agreeing with Partridge, I think it has to be sort of McIntosh as the the number one ruckman, and then Stanley, Blitzars, Vardy, Clark, you know, along those lines as a as a second ruckman, unless Clark's body is up a hundred percent and he was fit and firing. And personally, I'd play him as the number one ruckman, but whether he can handle it as well. So, just on that, if you were to play him as the number one Rockman, who would you have up forward next to Hawkins? Not saying it's about uh-huh. uh, Whoever's playing the best out of Vardy, Stanley, Walker, Kirsten. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have anyone penciled in. I would have it as a, you know, whoever's in the best touch, basically, whichever is offering the most, but. Clark, in my opinion, Clark should have been the All-Australian Ruckman that outstanding year he had at Brisbane when he was sort of thrown into it. And, you know, mobility-wise, 
ability-wise, I think he'd be really good, but I don't know if he, you know, with his foot problems, he probably isn't capable of doing it. Looking at both um, Vardy and Clark, who you mentioned there, um, I, I personally see them both as key forward prospects, but I think one way of looking at it as as what the club is thinking here is they really hope that McIntosh can, you know, play one more year, take the pressure off Simpson. Simpson can come good, but if Simpson can't come good and be a ruckman for the next four to five years, then they are willing to have one of Vardy or Mitch Clark, both very capable, um, well, Vardy showing the potential that he could be a very capable number one ruck, and they're happy to, you know, rotate the side, have one of them as that next as that next number one ruck prospect. Um, but obviously, the em- emphasis there with two genuine number rucks, number one rucks in McIntosh and Simpson, that would be the priority there. Um, and, and Clark at this stage, surely, with those players on the list, would would be earmarked as a forward. Um, Po, what are your thoughts? Look, I think uh, we're kind of we're all a bit in the dark until we see things next year. But I think Stanley will play in the ruck. That's just my sense of. I thought it was even interesting that Christensen went and, you know, basically within 24 hours they'd done that trade with Stanley. They rushed it very quickly and they paid a lot in terms of a draft pick to leverage a contracted player out um, who wasn't, and by his own admission, he wasn't looking to leave St Kilda Geelong head hunted him. Um, So I, I think to me that indicates, I think Chris Scott has probably sat in his coach's box the last two final series and been incredibly frustrated that all the rucks have gone down and yeah. he's just determined it's not going to happen again at, at all at all costs. Um, and I think I think also probably it's a recognition. Like I thought, for example, someone like McIntosh played some good footy this year, but I thought he was poorly managed because he's not very durable and they asked him to play a lot more games than he probably should have because we didn't have a lot of other options. And so I think it's now kind of we've almost gone the other way and overloaded our options. So... I, that's the way I see it. Um, I think the club is worried about some of our existing tools because they're generally injured all the time. Um, and they wanted to make sure that we're not stuck in that position this time next year. Um, and it'll be like, I agree with Willow's point. What will be interesting is if they're not injured, because normally three or four of them are, it'll be interesting to see if they're not injured, who we actually play and why. Yeah. Well, I, I look at Stanley as, if nobody's injured, as you say there, I look at Stanley as the number two ruckman. Um, I think he has a potential to partner up with a McIntosh or a Simpson while still, you know, maybe re- as a resting forward. Um, whereas, you know, we say that Simpson and McIntosh obviously now can't play on the same side with those extra tools. But that was my, my first thought, and that's still what I'm leaning towards, is Stanley's, um, the role they hope that he can fill inside. Um, and this whole discussion... Sorry, go on. Sorry, was there a... Did I... Someone, one of the other boys, you might be able to remember this. Was there a quote I saw somewhere, I'm sure I saw on the board somewhere, a quote from the recruiter that got him to St Kilda that is an extra-long recruiter and I believe is now back with us. Correct, John Pete. There was was something along the lines of when he was watching Stanley at the Saints, he said they're wrecking a ruckman there, playing where they were. Yeah, because he was playing as a forward and a key defender. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else saw that that quote posted somewhere, but I found yeah, that was, interesting. I remember okay. it was John oh. Peake, I think his name is. He used to be St Kilda's recruiter, and now he's doing some scouting work for Geelong. And he yeah, said I, that because he was in charge when they drafted Stanley, and he said he thought that, that he was a ruckman. Yeah, so I find that it, interesting that if he's back at Geelong, and obviously now Stanley's mm-hmm. at Geelong, if it's the... Um, 
the obviously if that is part of the reasoning that we do we did recruit him as a ruckman yeah. with that sort of well and, and the thing is there is a curious precedent for that because that's pretty similar to what happened when we got Ottens. He mm. you know, he made the Australian team as a goal kicking forward and ruckman. And everyone wanted him to be a star forward, including us when we got him. <laughs> yep. And it took a couple of seasons before the penny collectively dropped and was like, why don't we just leave this guy in the ruck? And <laughs> <laughs> that said, that seemed to work okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, no, no pressure for Stanley. Yeah, no pressure at all. I'll, I'll, I'll take that back. I'm not expecting Stanley <laughs> to be, but I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think he might make a decent second round. Well, he's got How's Mitch that? Brown's. Yeah, true. He's got Mitch Brown's number on his back, so he's got big shoes to fill. Hey, um, yeah, number one will always be Malcolm Reed to me. <laughs> <laughs> now. All in this discussion, there's two players who we haven't really touched on, um, who are, are ruckmen in their own right for at least some part of their time on the field, and that's Josh Walker and Mark Blitzarfs. And there has been a lot of talk that they are now touted as key defensive prospects. Um, now, given the a lot, Tom Lonigan signed a two-year deal um, this week, um, do we see the potential that maybe... Josh Walker and or and or Mark Blitzarves are you know a long term prospect as a key defender now with all these other tools to choose from in the ruck and up forward. Uh, PO, I'll go to you. Um, look, I I thought you know I was like a lot of us. I was really frustrated with our final series, and I thought we underachieved. But I thought Josh Walker was actually one of the positives. I was really I've been a big supporter of his, and I was very pleased with his two finals. Um, and I would be very frustrated if, having shown a bit of promise, they decide to throw him throw him at fullback. Um, but, you know, it may happen. Um, I think Blitzars is more likely, given how quickly he's developed in two years in all sorts of different roles. I think it's more likely they'll give him another role next year. Yeah. And I thought Matty Scarlett did this interview that I heard today where he kind of seemed to hint at that, about having Blitzars in his training group. And he seems to be kind of watching over the defenders. Um, so I think that might happen. Um, given that we didn't, as Willow said, we didn't get Frawley, I think we probably need to do something with an existing player going in defence. So Blitzar is probably the most likely, I reckon. Willow, what are your thoughts there? Um, I'm, I'm all for, you know, I'm not, I'm not willing to rule a line for them and say they can't do it. I'd like to see them try it at VFL to see if it can happen. Um, there seems to be a lot of, you know, there seems to be a lot of speculation on the board at the moment and people are getting pigeonholed into positions purely based on their physical attributes. Um, yeah. So, you know, just because Blitzarves and Walker are sort of, you know, big and tall and can run, they people go, oh, they could be a key defender. Yeah. Um, it's not to say that they couldn't be. And, you know, Blitzarves has shown an amazing ability to basically handle pretty much every situation he's been thrown into. So there's definitely no saying they couldn't do it. Um, and, you know, I Walker does seem to have the physical attributes to potentially maybe be that type of player. Um, but I haven't seen enough of them doing it to sort of say with any confidence if they could so uh, hopefully if that's what they're looking at doing that we we see it in the in the VFL before we see it in the, on the in the AFL yeah I'm with you there um, Partridge what are your thoughts yeah um, I of the two 
uh, yeah, again, very pleasantly surprised with uh, Walker's improvement late in the year. I honestly don't see him as any kind of defender at all. I just don't see him as that sort of player to me. He's just such a natural forward. He's like see ball, get ball. That's what he does. Yeah. To me, he's he's now shown his contested marking has improved out of sight and he's a reasonably reliable kick. He's got to, to me, he's just got to get the possession count up. He's got to go from getting six touches a game to 12, you know, and lead up to the wings, just present a bit better. Blix has, you know, it's no secret, I'm not the biggest fan of historically, <laughs> but I would say he has shown an aptitude as a third tall defender in the seniors. It's only fair to acknowledge that, particularly when he uh, horsewhipped Magic Dill last year down at Geelong. That was, that was good. I would completely echo the opinion, though, if, he's, if he is penciled into the tall defender, that's great. But he's got to be playing that role every week, whether it's seniors or the AFL. I don't, I really don't want to see wing in round one, second ruck round two, wing round three, halfback yeah. play. You know, I don't want to see that. I'd rather, if he's going to be that player, great, play him at centre back in the VFL for four games, bring him in, play him the third tall defender for four games in the seniors. That sort of continuity in the role, I think that's going to work a lot better. I don't think there's any need for him to be that Mr. Fix-It that you sort of hinted at there anymore, mm. given the tools that we've just discussed. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd hope so, yeah. Yeah, he's sort of, he's sort of been that fill-in. You know, at one stage, I remember there's this, this great vision, I can't get it out of my head, on the big screen of Chris Scott walking back to the bench with Mark Blitzhaus and showing him how to rough up his forward opponent, like showing him how to do a hip and shoulder in a marking contest as a key defender. Because for that last quarter, Lonigan was subbed out. They needed him to play as a key defender. It was ridiculous the amount of different positions he was just thrown into. You know, mm. oh, we need a tall guy here. He can play here. Oh, all of a sudden, we need a key forward for half a game. We'll, we'll throw him down there. Mm. Um, and when, when not, he's either a midfielder or a ruckman. Um, so I definitely agree with you there. Um, now, just briefly, we're going to discuss round one. 2014 to round one 2015 is the is the list better or worse than it was um, at the same stage last year uh, Pio I think I've thought about this a bit I think I will say it is better with the usual Geelong caveat that half the list is not injured uh, <laughs> no I say that you no know, and I I love I love Mitch Clark but the guy did retire this year so we we do like to take our risks with people we yeah trade for down at Geelong so I'm always a bit of a pessimist until I see them play in a Geelong jumper I have no <laughs> faith that they kind of you know and I, I did call I think I did 12 months ago call Hamish McIntosh the Loch Ness Monster on one of our podcasts <laughs> because my theory is if they can't get in a Geelong jumper and stay in it they're not no, much use but yeah I, I think that aside because there's an issue with that but uh, the players we've recruited I think um, Mitch Clark is potentially, you know, a 50 goal a year forward. Yeah, we talked all year about how he really needed a ruckman. We probably have recruited one. Um, I think we have drafted in some quite good midfielders. Um, so I was sad to see um, Christensen go. He was one of my favourites. But on balance, I actually think the list is probably in a bit better place. Um, we just have to get them all out there. Yep, um, Willow, what are your thoughts? Pretty much echo. PO's thoughts there. I mean, if you're looking at it at a everything perfect world, all players up and firing and fit from you know, the start, I think it is a bit better balanced going into the next season. We sort of we've got more depth in the the taller players, and as much as we've we've had the troubles with 
you know, keeping our ruckman fit and everything. We've also haven't had a heap of support for Hawkins. Um, and, and probably a part of that's because players we might like to help keep down there, like Walker have been getting thrown into the ruck. But I think we've sort of covered a few bases a bit better. Definitely. Heading and, forward. and Partridge, better or worse? Can I say both? Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it, is, uh, it is such a um, crossing of fingers in terms of the health of the list. Yeah. If, if we can have a reasonable run, you could, you could yeah, immediately say, well, right, well, Walker and Clark and Barty shouldn't be needed in the ruck if we get a good run of injury there. And that way yeah. they can develop us forwards. If... Menzel can get back to, and I don't, I don't mean to come back and play well and be a star. I don't place that burden on him. Just to be someone who can come in and play and help yep. out Cow, and if he can stay fit, then that's a huge if. But there's all, you know, we've got. If you look at it, you've got McIntosh, Simpson, Vardy, Clark, Menzel, Cowan. There's half a dozen players which, with, you'd have to say, pretty strong injury concerns over. Yeah. So it's like overall. Um, Having said that, all the younger guys that have got promise and play good footy are going to be another year older. So you'd think hopefully they'll be better. Um, yeah, you could. Yep, and the, and the, and the experience, most of the experienced heads you think shouldn't drop off. The defend the defenders are looked in pretty good touch by the, end of the finals mostly. Um, so I think they could they could go okay. Very I'll tentative. Very tentative. Yes. I'm extremely tentative. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm always the optimist, but I look at this list in a perfect world. The players we've brought in, yes, we've lost Christensen, but he played eight games last year. Um, I think there was two or three where he's among the best, but outside of that, um, you know, it, it, as far as looking at 2014 versus 2015, it's not a huge loss, Alan Christensen. The player himself is a completely different story. Um, Thurlow's a year older. I'm really excited about seeing him come in. Mitch Clark to partner up with Tom Hawkins, I hope to see. Um, if he can stay on the park, as you touched on, that will be a huge bonus. You know, P.O. said it. He has the potential to be a 50-goal-a-year forward. Having him alongside forward, having him alongside Hawkins, I should say, could be absolutely huge. Um, Reece Stanley backing up one of one of Simpson and McIntosh in the ruck, hopefully. Um, I, I just see holes on the ground which have just been filled. And, you know, I'm optimistic, but I'm going to say yes as well. Um, the list is in better shape than it was last year. Let's just hope, as we've all said, they can all stay on the park. Well, I, I will say just to further that, I think one thing where it's reasonable to say it is better overall is that with the cutting of so many players we did, we had a lot of guys that weren't quite there as senior players. Yeah. And just the fact that you would think that that block of six or eight players are now guys in the VFL that the club will show faith in and will develop and will give more chances to, that could make them stronger straight away. That's actually a really good point because yeah. we've, there's a lot of players were delisted where those players we'd been hanging on to for maybe two or three seasons too long yep. um, in the hope that they would become, you know, above average footballers. Um, I'm talking about, you know, Stringer, Sheringham and Mitch Brown that had sort of just been hanging around there, um, not quite a VFL player, not quite an AFL player. You've now replaced them with, with players, you know, you can start again and take a punt on them being that really good AFL player. Um, whereas those other depth players will now get the games instead of instead of the guys I just mentioned. So um, yeah. I think you make a really good point there. Um, now, before we finish up, we're just going to quickly discuss some of the off-field changes which have happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, Matthew Scarlett's made his return to the club um, in sort of a, a temporary... Uh, not, sorry, not temporary, a, um, a part-time, I should say, 
um, player development role, um, working with defenders, as we mentioned earlier. Um, Knights, the, v- the VFL coach, is now a full-time midfield coach at the club, and Shane O'Brien, I think, has been shafted off that midfield role, which is something which um, a lot of the board has been um, hoping will happen for a long time. So does anyone have any thoughts on the staffing changes there? Happy to see Scarlo back. Um, it's always, I mean, it's always good to have um, ex greats come back. And the better yep. thing, the best thing about it, I think, as well, is that he did go away and go to another club and and see a different side of it. Um, I heard the interview on SEN with him yesterday, I think it was, and it was. It really came through how much he was enjoying himself and how happy he was, which, and how enthusiastic he was, which I can only see as being a good thing. Yep. Um, Knights, you know, he's next. He's next AFL coach. Who, if the if the if the Essendon supporters weren't uh, so cut up about him taking over from Sheedy, probably wouldn't be so harsh on him. He was pretty much shafted from that job for the Golden Boy. Yeah. Um, so it's not a bad thing to have him stepping up and taking a bit more responsibility either. Um, so, you know, and, and that tied in with all the, the new fitness staff and everything. It, it Hopefully it's a few different voices for the players to hear and hopefully that aren't afraid to tell certain players, give them a kick up the backside if they need to as well. I've, a few posters on the board have sort of hinted at the fact that this could be, you know, almost a line in the sand off-season for the club. You know, a lot of players traded in, um, a lot of maybe players delisted, and then all these coaching changes. Um, it was very interesting to see. Um, P.O., Nigel Lappin was the other appointment that I uh, forgot to mention there. He's now a full-time midfield coach. P.O., what were your thoughts? Yeah, look, I I, th- I only think it's positive. I think getting players like Scarlett back involved again and, and Ling, even though I know he probably will only be at the club, you know, once a week or something like that. Yeah. I think that having those experienced players around the group, I think is a real positive. We kind of forget with the transition over the last couple of years that a lot of the young players actually haven't played with those great players like guys like Joel Sell would have. He, he developed under those sort of players. Yeah. I think having them around the environment is only a positive for our younger players. Um, so I'm really pleased we've got some of those back. Um, and Matty Knights, whenever I've, watched him on VFL footy, which admittedly is not a lot. He seems like a very good coach who really does understand how to teach people. So I think um, I think him as a midfield coach, and it's an area we really needed to improve our midfield, let's be honest, it was pretty poor this year. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good appointment as well. So I, I like most of the changes. And Partridge, last of all? Um, oh, I've just got a comment on the uh, year about Nights and the perception to this day by Essendon supporters. I, I think the last couple of years have shown that um, an Essendon supporter's view on, <laughs> on footy is not necessarily to be taken seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got a bit of a they've got a bit of a different perspective. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'd, I'd agree that what I saw of Nights in the NFL, um, yeah, you also and the, you know we hear over and over again. We don't know when we're not there, but we hear over. It's about communication these days with the players, and we seem to be pretty good at that. Yeah. And I've seen um, if he's the right appointment, and the indications are, as with Lappin, great. Um, the, the only doubt about Scarlett is just how well he can translate that knowledge he's got, because there's no better guy to teach a young key defenders how to play the game. He's the best one I've ever seen. So, yeah. 
if he's if he's got that out of his system he had to go to another club. He's been out of a game long enough now where I think he's not going to be a frustrated ex player, which he might have been at the start, especially with his personality. I might think that'd be long gone now, but if he's going yeah. to focus on building College Ashney and whoever else up, that's got to be a good thing. You, I would think so anyway. Definitely. Um, and it also t- sort of ties in well what we were discussing earlier, you know, um, the potential that a Blitzarves or a Walker could be down back or even, you know, College Asney, it's vital that he develops now. It's really great to see Scarlett at this time especially coming in and joining the club because, um, you know, as we said, there's no better player for them to be learning from than one of the greatest fullbacks of all time. Um, so all great signs, I think. Hmm. Um, I think that brings us to the end of another Big Footy Cats podcast. Um, P.O., thanks as always for joining me. No worries. Thanks for having me. And to our two de- debutants, um, Willow, you've been great. Thanks very much. No problems at all. Thanks for the invite. And can I just also give a bit of a plug? The Inquisition this week... Oh, the Inquisition. Not, we forgot to mention it. The Inquisition this week is not going to be on Friday. There's going to be a bit of a special double one, potentially around Christmas Eve. Okay. Aha. Uh-huh. Looking forward pending to that. A couple of, pending a couple of mods actually hurrying up and replying back to some messages. <laughs> hint, hint. Yes, one of them may have done that recently. <laughs> I don't know if we were supposed to give that away, but anyway. Oh, well, it's not, not rocket science. It's mod month and two of them have been done, so exactly. everyone can do the math and work out who's still to go. <laughs> well, you've, been, um, you've been taking the board by storm with the Friday Inquisition, Willow. I'm really enjoying it. Looking forward to um, hopefully getting on there myself at one point. Hint, hint. Oh, you never know. You never know. And yeah. last, of all, last of all, Partridge, your first time on the podcast. Thanks very much for joining us as well. Ah, pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, um... I thought I was, yes, to, to discuss the details of the draft. You couldn't have picked a more inappropriate Geelong supporter for that, but we managed to muddle through. <laughs> well, it's been a lot of fun as always, guys. I've enjoyed it. Um, keep your eyes and ears open on the Big Footy Cats Geelong board for when the next podcast will be. It's your best source for Geelong-related news on the web. So look forward to the next one. Um, thanks for joining me again, guys, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. All right.